Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. They're hosting two tournaments in June. If you're in New York, check out Brawl at the Falls going down Saturday, June 18th. And if you're in Alabama, check out Rocket City Rumble going down June 30th through July 2nd. Go to SpartanCombat.com to register. Now let's get to the episode. You know, just like anything, your mindset going into a wrestling match, going into getting on a bull, you know, you just enter this zone. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient it pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me taught me humility nothing can hit humble you more than wrestling i think it's the learning to adapt right you learn you learn how to adapt you learn how to solve problems you know if i look back my time i spent wrestling if it gave me one thing more than anything else it's mental toughness welcome back to the wrestling change my life podcast this is your host ryan warner we're presented by Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to check out their June wrestling schedule. Our guest today is the 2022 professional bull riding world champion, Dalen Swearinger, who just won a million dollars by being crowned the world champion. He's one of the youngest to do it. And back in high school, Dalen was a big wrestler, and he attributes a lot of his success to his winners spent in the wrestling room. This is a fascinating conversation, completely different from our normal flow as we spend most of the time talking about the crazy world of professional bull riding. If you watch a few videos of Dalen riding on YouTube, it's just amazing how intense and how dangerous this sport is. And so I was fascinated by it. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Fan of the week goes to our friend Bill Einstiner. That's at E-I-N-S-T-I-N-E-R on the gram, representing Pittsburgh. Bill turned me on to Dalen and suggested that I have him on the show, so I want to give you a proper thank you. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for Dalen Swearinger. The champ is here. <laughs> let's go. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Now, this is a wrestling podcast, and I have no experience in bull riding. I did watch the movie eight seconds and I was obsessed with it as a kid, but, uh, man, it's been fun. Learn a little bit about your world. First of all, congrats, man. Has it settled in? Oh yeah. We started, I had it slow down, you know, cause, um, there's just a lot of changes going on in the bull riding world with the team event and everything. And, uh, we kind of slowed down and, um, now I'm just hanging out at the house. And so when you're, going through your pro season, you have like a points total that's going on. And then also the world finals, which is a bigger thing to win the individual finals or like the points for that, the whole season, the points for the whole season that, um, that pays a million. <clears throat> Woo. So when the, the, 
the guy that wins the world, that's the million mil, million dollar deal, and then the uh, finals pays a hundred thousand to win it. Uh, they're both really big to win. Um, so yeah. And this was the first time since like the early two thousands that someone won both, and while going to the eighth round of the of the finals. Is that right? Like you, it came down to the wire. Yeah, it it didn't came down in a while. Like this is probably the closest race that the PBR has seen in in quite some time. And you're a young man. The guy who you were going against, the Brazilian, how old is he? Um, so the guy that like we were one and two all year. Um, he's he was 37. Um, but the guy that ended up on that last day, he's another Brazilian. Um, and I, I can't. He's probably. 28 30 or so and so outside of usa and brazil are there other countries that are big into bull riding uh yeah australia australia is probably the next biggest one uh canada um mexico very little bit but they do have some guys are there any big events down in brazil yeah so actually the biggest bull riding in the world i think is in brazil wow have you ever been down there I've never been down there, no. Dude, that would be sick to go down there. Kind of like you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is massive down there. I don't know like what's bigger, like bull riding in America or Brazil, but dude, I couldn't believe how many people go to these PBR events and just how much media is around it. Yeah, it, I think it's a really good, it's a really growing sport. And I don't, you know, uh, it's, it's one sport that, you know, you can't blow a whistle and you can't stop it. And so it's got to play out and, you know, you can see the net, you can see the wrecks and you can see the good rides and you can see everything in between. It's always some like, it's never scripted. Yeah. I mean, even if, even if you want to get off, a lot of times you can't, right. Cause your hand is like, like so tightly like wrapped in there. It's not that it's tightly in there, but like we use this kind of like, um, it's like a rosin kind of like, something, I don't know, something that makes it sticky. So like your hand is pretty much kind of glued in there for a short period of time. Dude, it's scary to see like when you're trying to get off one and like your arms just wrapped up and the thing's going crazy. I mean, I, I was getting anxiety just watching it. Which the ropes have kind of changed a little bit throughout the years. So I ride in a Brazilian style rope. Um, so you, you don't see as many like where it holds on to you and you're on there for a a long time um but you'll still see it for occasionally like two seconds three seconds but then it pretty much normally comes out well we're gonna go into the title and your career but let's just go back to the origin story because i thought it was so cool that you grew up with parents who were like rodeo promoters basically yeah um so my family owned a rodeo company in um upstate new york um so we were being upstate New York, there's not a lot of like big venues that we can go to in the wintertime. So that's where we would wrestle in the wintertime. My dad is a big wrestler. We'd wrestle in the wintertime and then we'd go rodeo in the summertime and stuff. And um, so we didn't do a lot of summer wrestling, but. Um, so what are your summers like? Are you spending all summer on the road every weekend? No, like most of our rodeos that my family produced, they were in like New York. Pennsylvania, kind of the that northeast region right there, Maine, um, New Jersey, and New Hampshire, and stuff like that. We kind of stay in that little region <clears throat> and produce like fair rodeos, um, 
all kinds of rodeos we produced. Uh, um, and it was really cool seeing both aspects, you know, like it gave me a lot bigger respect for rodeo um, because you see how it's produced and there's a lot more that goes into it than people think. Oh, I'm sure. And are you competing at all these or just kind of hanging out behind the scenes running around? Yeah, no, I'm competing because, um, and like bareback riding and saddle bronc riding. So those are the two horse events. There's not a lot of, of those in the Northeast. And so I had to do that to kind of fill the show for my, for my family. Um, but, uh, so we were kind of, we were competing just, just as well as help produce it. I'm reading this book outliers right now. And it's like, one of the chapters is the greats in any field have 10,000 hours of practice. And I got to think, man, all the summers of going to that, you know, by the time you're 22, you probably had your 10,000 hours of going to rodeos and watching film and all that. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was always around good people. Um, so now that the team bull riding, uh, you know, I, I'm on Jerome Davis's team. Uh, so it's pretty cool. He's in North Carolina. I'm on the Carolina Cowboys. And, uh, and that's somebody that I always looked up to. And so I've always had a really good people that supported me. So what is the, the team aspect of it? Is it the same season or is it a different season than the individual? Yeah, so they're, they're split. This is the first year that our PBR finals has been in May. Normally it's in November. Um, we had just only a couple events shorter than in the regular season. So we'll start back up at the end of July and we'll go to uh, in the beginning of November and that'll be the team finals. There's eight teams, um, five-man team. So it'll be a five-man team against a five-man team. Um, the Carolina Cowboys team I'm on, there's the Nashville Stampede. They're all owned by, um, you know, big people that own other NASCAR teams or uh, like Richard Childers owns um, the team, the Carolina Cowboys. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Austin Dillon, um, he's a NASCAR guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, car. he's our general manager. So it's, it's pretty cool to be on that team, you know, because our general manager is also competing every weekend that we're competing. And, you know, like he's got to have the same mentality that we got. So I feel like it's all going to feed because we're just going to keep, you know, we're all going to have that energy, you know? Yeah. And I've heard you say that a lot of your mentality comes from wrestling. And I knew a couple of wrestlers in Iowa who did rodeo because Iowa high schools have rodeo as part of it, like the state organization, which is crazy to me. But do you see a lot of other wrestlers out there? Yeah. Uh, so there's a two-time world champ, uh, Jess Lockwood. Uh, he was a wrestler, state champ. I think he was state champ at 99 from Montana. Um, there's there's quite a few wrestlers. Uh, uh, Connor Alveston, um, he was a really good wrestler from uh, Nebraska. But the college that I went to um, down here in Carthage, Texas, um, one of the guys that's on that team right now, uh, Gage McBride, he just won a state title two years ago wow. in Nebraska. So. And who was the guy who was the two-time champ? Jess Lockwood? Yeah, Jess Lockwood. I got to get him on, man. That's awesome. That's a whole new world. I mean, I always knew wrestlers produce great UFC champions, but as I started to think about it, I'm like, there's a lot of similarities. It's, it's an individual sport. I got to imagine balance is everything. In, in, in your world. Oh yeah. Balance and everything, you know? So 
a lot of like my workouts that I do are all wrist wrestling based, you know, like, you know, like when we're in season and stuff, like we're not going and lifting a bunch of weights, you know, we got like, they're all, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the mentality is the same for sure. Now I'm going to ask some really basic questions only because I know nothing about, about your world, but let's say, you know, during your season, it looks like you guys are going basically every weekend during the PBR season. Is that right? Yeah, about every weekend. Yes, sir. So what's like a week in the life for you? Are you gone like Thursday through Sunday or like when do you leave for the event and what's it like when you get there? So normally on a normal from from January to May of this year, I was, you know, I'd leave the house probably um, Friday morning. I'd fly out Friday morning and I'd fly back Sunday or Monday. Um, like I fly into the day, fly into the event, the day that I compete, I like to do stuff around. I'm an outdoors guy. I like to be outside. Um, and throughout the week, just kind of, you know, doing some core workout balance, getting on the bike. I got wrestling mats here. Do you? Um, brand new. I didn't. I can't, my, me, well, actually me and my cousin, we wrestled on them a little bit, but. Um, so you're actually still wrestling a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so I got, I had shoulder surgery two years ago and earlier this year we were, we were wrestling around and I was wrestling this, my buddy and I didn't, he's from Arizona and I'm, he's a real skinny guy. And I was like, I never knew he was really good wrestler. So we we're like wrestling and, you know, I thought I could get away with just doing something. I can't remember what it was at the time, but anyways, he threw the boots in <laughs> and he branched on my shoulder. So I had to go like when I went, went to the bull riding that week, I had to like get him to work on it. And, and they're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be wrestling or, you know, keep it controlled. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially do, during the, during your end season. So like you get back on Monday, I'm guessing you're like recovering on Monday, but like you wake up on Tuesday what kind of a, is it like a structured workout you and your coach are doing every day or is it kind of on your own as to what you want to do? Yeah. So, so normally, I mean, I'm on coach from January to May from, you know, from now I do have a coach now, but we're pretty much still doing our own thing. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of like wake up in the morning. Um, I kind of stretch and then I got animals here. So I go out and feed them. And then normally come back and get like a little workout in. It just kind of, it all depends, you know, how I'm feeling from that, the previous week. And, you know, like if I had a really good week and I'm feeling healthy, then I'll get some good workouts in. Mm -hmm. If I'm, if I'm pretty sore, if I got stepped on and like I'm black and blue in some spots, like I'm probably just gonna just keep my body moving, working and not, maybe not work out quite as hard. You know, it just, you know, nothing's really script, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it just depends on how you feel. And bro, when you say you get stepped on, you're laying there on the ground and this massive bowl is going like crazy. When a hoof comes down on you, how does that not just kill you on impact? Like crack your ribs, go right into your lungs and just it's over. Like, how does that not happen every time? Uh, I guess God's watching over us, but I mean, there's really good, like the helmets, you know, everything, is designed for a bull ride. And like, this isn't a Kevlar vest. Like we're not wearing what the police officers are wearing. Um, you know, it's designed to take an impact and, and spread it out a little bit. 
Um, so there's still like steel plates in there on those vests. They're not, they're not steel. They're like, I don't know. They're kind of like a thump, a foam, but they're really like little. So you can still move and everything. Um, but I mean, the feet are the most dangerous part. The horns, you know, if you get hooked or that bull throws you up in the air, like that's all right, you know, cause, but the impact of him coming up from, you know, sometimes 10 foot, 12 foot coming down. Like that's a lot of force coming down on. Well, and that's like, I didn't mean to be morbid there, but I'm like, dude, how much when you're laying on the ground and there's nowhere for you to go and that thing's coming down, I got to imagine that's a tremendous blow. I mean, are you just completely out of it if that happens? And has that happened to you? Yeah, I've definitely like previously earlier this year in Oklahoma city, I got stepped on in the head and it knocked me out and I was laying there cracked my helmet and I'm just laying there. I was out. I don't know how long I was out, but I was out for a good little bit, but there's three guys that are out there. Like they're called the bullfighters, but they're out there um, to distract the bull at, so we can get away safely. And they're really good. They're the best, best at the job, you know? And so like, if we do get stepped on, they're going to distract that bull away so we can get up. We're going to be walking a little slower so they can still help us help us get up. Sorry. So the biggest risk is getting stepped on versus getting hooked. You're never going to get like gored or anything from a bull. You know, like there's regulations like the bull horn has to be um, a 50 cent piece. Uh, and um, a little bit of safety in there then. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's insane, man. So throughout the week, you're, you're kind of like a, Olympic level wrestler. You're just kind of training on your own and you know, you're doing your own thing. You get there on Friday and then are you competing Saturday, Sunday? Like how does a normal weekend work? So, yeah, they're normally two day event Friday and Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday. It just, it just depends on where we're at, what venue, you know, what all is going on. Um, but normally they're a three day event deal. So, so since the PBR finals, I haven't been on any bulls. Um, and I'll start back in Bismarck, North Dakota on, on Friday. Um, I'll ride there Friday, Saturday. Um, I'll take Monday, Tuesday off and I'll ride in somewhere in Saskatchewan on Wednesday. And then I'll go back to North Dakota and then, then I'll come back to the house. And when you're at one of these, how many times are you riding the bull in a given weekend? So if it's a two-day event, you're going to ride a long round bull and a short round bull. And those two bulls are drawn to you, random computer drawn. And then, so if you're in the championship round, that's called the, the short round. Um, you get to pick those bulls on the position that you're coming in. So the top 12 guys um, will get to pick their bull. If you're coming in number one, you pick the number one bull. If you're the 12th guy, you get left with whatever they leave. Probably a scary one. And is there a big difference in the quality of the bulls? So like your top bullets get picked, you know, you're, you're going to feel really good about it. You know, that's going to be, I mean, those are going to be really bucky bulls. Like you can't mess your toe up, but you know, you do your job, you get a high score, you know, the bulls kind of towards the end are going to be bulls. Like somebody, like, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe it. That's going to be a bull that, he might not look as bucky as like the number one pick, but he's going to be, he's going to have some tricks to him that make him not fun 
for, um, you know, for you to get on them. But the number one pick would be the easiest ride or the hardest to ride? Uh, I guess it just depends on the day. But, you know, you always want to come back with the number one pick. Then, then you got if you got the number one pick, you get to pick the first bull out of 12. So your mind thinking, all right, that's the one I want. You know, you have a really good mindset going into it. You get the 12th bull. There's 12 guys that pass that bull up for whatever reason. But now you have to go make the best out of it. So it's just, I guess it's, it's all about what, how you look at it. So technically the lowest ranked guy has the hardest ride. Because if no one else wants that bull, it's for a reason. Yeah, I mean, but normal, sometimes those bulls, you're only going to be 89, 88 points on. It just depends. Like those bulls just have a trick or something to them. You know, it just, it just, there's a lot of variables, you know. And it's interesting to read just from reading a couple of press releases after you won the title that the bulls are treated like athletes, kind of. Yeah, these bulls are treated like, I think, um, Whoopaw. I don't know if you watch any videos of Whoopaw, but, um, so they have mats that these bulls stand on. And it's not called a wrestling mat, it's called like an equine, you know, they got a special name for it, but it's a wrestling mat. It's got, it's like one of the newer wrestling mats that fold up really good. And that bull, he's in the back pins. You know, when he's at the house, he's standing on wrestling mats. Like he's always in love, you know, like a lot of these bulls are nice. Like I got a bull here and he's been to the PBR finals twice and I can go and rock. I can go sit on him. What? And super nice bull. So do you, are there people who take pride in raising the bulls? Oh yeah. These bulls are definitely bred to be bucking bulls. You know, like there's a lot of money in these bulls. So like, just like race horses, you know, that you have the futurity horses, like they have for these bulls. And at one event, they can win a hundred grand. Like there's a lot of money in the bull business. Like the, the world champion bull, he wins 250,000 that bull. I think. Dang. So there's, there's both sides of the coin. And so like, if you're a bull fan, you're at one of these events, you might get excited about a potential matchup, just like wrestlers. What about a potential matchup? Oh yeah. Like, you know, those bulls are getting excited in there just as much as we are, you know, they know, you know, yeah, they know their job too. Now is, is the bareback horse riding as popular as the bull riding? Yeah, it's just as popular. It's just, Bull Run has excelled and made their own own sport. You know, they've made the professional bull riders, they've made their own association. It's televised every weekend where bareback riding is still, it's still, um, you know, it still has to go with the whole rodeo. You know, you don't very, very rarely do you see just bareback riding. And there is much money in that or not even close? Yeah, no, there's a lot of money in professional rodeo as well, too. Um, making the NFR, you know, it's just a lot more traveling. Like, So I made the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, um, which that's the NFR. That's like um, the super, you know, the Super Bowl of rodeo. And that's in Las Vegas. And I, But you travel. You're going somewhere about every day. New place. Yeah, we live in – I lived in a truck camper and we were just rodeoing. Dang. So, so there's the, 
I didn't realize that there's a whole series of the rodeo like like that you would see at a fair, but that's big time too. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, um, you know, like at those rodeos, there's you know, there's a lot of money up for grabs. Like you go to some of those bull runs, they're pay a hundred thousand. Like them big pro rodeos, you know, they pay a lot of money out to a lot of individual events where bull ride, where the professional bull rider, the PBR, they just pay it to just one event. It's all bull riding. I want to dive in a little bit to like kind of your rise to being the world champ. Yeah. So I think it all started, you know, when I was young, like I always, I've done it my whole life. So I rode sheep, I rode calves, you know, steers and just kept progressing. Um, and then, you know, like I did the high school rodeo, like how you were talking, um, every state pretty much has a, a high school rodeo team. Um, so I did that and, uh, you know, and then I, and then I wrestled and stuff. And, uh, actually when I won, won the world, uh, somebody texted me and said, uh, well, I guess, I guess going, cause I made it to States one year. And when I made it to States, I went to a rodeo in between it. We had a week off and I went to a rodeo and broke my foot. What? Yeah. Well, they did x-rays. They, they couldn't really do X, They couldn't take x-rays because it was so swollen. So my wrestling coach is like, all right, we'll just get in there. You know, like I had my, my, my weight was up. So I had to get in there and get on the bike. Like, so I'm in there getting on this bike and, you know, barely putting any, I can't put any weight on my leg and, um, trying to get, get a good sweat in still. And then come to find out it was broken. I was like, Oh, oh wow. I had a lot of weight to lose. <laughs> so you didn't still wrestle. Did you? No, I didn't. It's like, wrestle, that'd no. be, that'd be impossible. Now do a lot of like up and coming stars just do homeschool high school and just travel all year. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them. So like I homeschooled, um, and you know, kind of went back and forth with it. Um, but there's a lot of people that homeschool just because it's easier. You know, you're traveling all the time. And my teachers definitely didn't like me. Like, we would leave almost about every Friday. So we wouldn't be in school Friday. Some Mondays we would get back for, like, lunch or something. You know, it just, just depend on where we're going. Because I got to imagine, like, before you get to the big-time league, when you're on some of the, like, up-and-coming leagues, you're driving more than you're flying. Oh yeah, you're driving everywhere. So like when I first started, when I first went to college, right before I went to college, I just won the high school finals. Um, like it, the, the national high school finals in the bareback riding. And uh, went to a bull ride, in the, like it was like two weeks later, tore my knee up and I had a bull ride scholarship to go to school. And To bull um, ride. So, Full ride uh, to bull ride at the school. Yeah, full ride to bull ride. Yeah. So, uh, and I tore my knee, so I couldn't compete the first half. Well, anyways, I drove down there. I was, I had just owned a little Prius, little black Prius. So I went down there and was rodeoing. And I, I traveled in that Prius the, the first half of my little, my career when I was coming back. And, um, but just, yeah, like we slept in, you know, sleeping in cars, you know, just trying to make ends meet. And, uh, Dude, I love the hustle and the grind of it. You're just out there sleeping in your car, just drive. I mean, I'm sure you're driving all over the country. Yeah. 
So we would we would drive to Texas about every weekend, stay for probably two weeks, and then go back to New York, and then do it over again. Um, you would drive from New York to Texas all that frequent. Yeah, like about every two weeks, and then we'd go back for a week, and then come back, and yeah, Georgia, Florida, and stuff like that in the wintertime. Wow, that is what an experience, man! And then, how did you get the call to join like the top ranked league, the PBR league, the one that you just won? So you have to qualify for those. Um, so in 2019, my goal was to make the regular national finals. So I was just rodeoing really hard, um, not really going to many PBRs events. Um, uh, and then there was one week where there wasn't much rodeo. So I entered a, so there's three levels of the PBR. There's the tour and pro division. There's the velocity. Um, and then there's the built or the, Unleash the Beast Tour. And so I entered the Velocity Tour. Um, and you have to win it to get an invite to go to the next one. And so I won that event and went to the next one and just I just kept doing good. And I haven't been on, the, been on that tour since. And I got to imagine, like wrestling, a lot of it's mental. And I've heard you say that when you're like walking up to the shoot, you don't want anyone to notice you because the fight has already started for you. Talk us through like what that means to you. Yeah, I think like, you know, just like anything, your mindset going into a wrestling match, going into getting on a bull, you know, you just enter this zone where, you know, you do everything. You have the same routine. Like I, I know I, have, I always had the same routine when I was wrestling and I always had the same routine when I ride bulls, you know, and that just helps me get my level of mentality where it needs to be. Um, so, so for bull riding, you know, like I keep to myself, you know, like I'll joke around and hang out with everybody for, for a little bit, you know, but if I get, when I get closer to getting not like it's my time to ride, then I'll start kind of staying by myself, you know, starting to get a little bit more serious, not serious, but, you know, just to myself and warming, warming up and, then when I go down, when I get in that shoot, everything is pretty much quiet and it's just, everything's just happening, routines, you know? And what, how do you warm up? What's your routine? Um, like, like, so I, got, I had a hip surgery and so I really like, it's a lot with, lot with hips and um, so I just kind of do like, like an active warm up, kind of just get, get everything warm. I'm not, I'm not quite sweating like I was when I was going on the mat, but you know, it's part near pretty close, you know. And what's, what's the self-talk like between the ears as you're getting ready? No, I just try to keep it. Like, I don't really try to think about bull riding, you know, like I think about bull riding all, all week, you know, but I think when I'm at the events, you know, I just have to get kind of not away from bull riding but I just have to keep my mind busy moving, keep doing something. So I'm not thinking about it. Cause, cause you, you can definitely overthink anything, you know, and I'm, I'm an overthinker. And so if I just stay busy, you know, help my friends when they're getting on their bulls and, um, you know, just keep moving, um, helping people and, you know, just knowing that I can do it and, uh, just go do it. 
So is there like a brotherhood amongst the riders behind the scenes or is everyone kind of their own, their own man? It's real competitive. No, I mean, we're really competitive, but we're all pushing for each other. Like you'll see everybody back there helping whoever, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody helps everybody. And, you know, that's really cool about this sport. You know, at the end of the day, we're not competing against, you know, Cooper Davis or whoever, you know, we've got to compete against that bull. That's, that's really our enemy at the end of the day. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really good brotherhood. You know, we all go out and eat after. Um, I think this team deal is just going to make it even more, more of a bond. You know, it's just like wrestling, you know, like it's the team bull riding is just like wrestling. You know, you got a team and y'all train together, you work together. Y'all are all going to be there when that guy's out on the mat. All them guys are going to be out there when I'm getting on a bull. They're all going to be helping me. But at the end of the day, it's on you. And it ain't on a team. You know, you know you're, you're relying on the team for the whole deal, but you got to go out and do your job to help the team. I mean, you got to be focused on yourself because it's life and death. It's not life and death when you go out in a wrestling mat. It's life and death when you go in a UFC cage. It's definitely life and death in what you're doing. So, like, the stakes are so high, you got to be on your game. Yeah, yeah, definitely you don't want – you know, that's why I kind of try to keep my mind pretty, pretty chill, you know, on days that I'm getting on, you know, because you don't want to be thinking about something that something at home or, you know, any anything you got going on, you know. So I've kind of learned ways, to, you know, you know, if something's bothering me, I'll write it down and then I'll come back to it later. Like I put my problem aside and I'll come back to it later, you know, but there's just there's so many ways of handling stuff. But yeah, I love that technique. How'd you learn that? Um, so I worked with a sports psychologist for a little while. Um, when I came back from my shoulder injury, my shoulder, my hip, you know, um, that time away from bull riding, you know, like, you know, you go from being gone every weekend to being home for six months, you know, and it, 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 it wears on you. And so just, um, she was a, a Paige Lawrence is her name. Uh, she was an Olympic, um, figure skater, um, and she helped me uh, just kind of figure out ways to handle my mentality. And, and it's definitely helped me for sure. How does it wear on you being out that long? It's just kind of, you know, like your entertainment, like, you know, you go from being traveling, you know, always seeing stuff to being home at the time I was living in a camper and, you know, so, which I still, I had land and stuff that I'd go out and do stuff, but you can't really do much when, you know, I was on crutches and it was winter, you know, but it just kind of, you don't get to see all your friends all the time. You know, we're all from different parts of the world. And, uh, you know, that, that thrill of riding them bulls, like that thrill that it gives you that adrenaline, you know, you don't, you need something to kind of, you know, I don't know, but it makes sense. I mean, it's gotta be like the highest of highs when you come off a, a good ride, I would imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, so like this year at the PBR finals, um, Saturday night, I think it started at seven forty-five, eight forty-five. Well then the next morning it normally on Sunday it normally starts like one. It started at eight forty-five. We were we had bulls for breakfast. And that's not very common in the bull riding, but it was at the time. And you and I was just reading through this event you just the the, the finals you were in. It's eight rides, 
you look get you get bucked off in the first round and then you ride six straight. Are you where are you at mentally after you got bucked off that first round? So I actually, you know, I had a really good bull. Like the first round was all those bulls, the so bulls that can make money in the PBR are four and five year olds or three and four year olds. Those are the bulls that are making, you know, they're competing for money as well. All the other bulls are competing for a world title, but that's it. Um, so it was a young bull that I had and I actually got on two bulls the first night. That first bull didn't give me the fair opportunity. So I got on a second bull, a bull that I've rode previous in the past. And he's a very good bull to get on and to draw there, especially in the first round. You know, I kind of had a mess up and it, it just kind of, I knew I had to step up because those guys behind me, um, Joao, he's never had a world title, but Kaiki, um, I think he's a two-time, he's a two-time world champ. You know, Jose, he was right there. He's a two-time world champ. Like those guys know what it takes to get there. And I just knew I just had to make everything count. And um, so it was just kind of, all right, relieve the pressure and then go at the rest of the week. And were there any routines that you learned from your sports psychologist that you used like that night or the next morning? Yeah, I kind of, um, so like, I don't eat much on days that I ride, you know, I, I might have like a smoothie, um, or like, uh, some sort of bowl or something like that. But then pretty much I'm just staying hydrated and I like to, you know, be feeling really pretty light getting on these bulls. And, um, but just kind of keeping, like, I'm pretty good at keeping everything the same. You know, I get there, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. You got to go sign autographs. You got to have some appearances and stuff. Um, but just kind of like, I'd go take a nap, you know, some days I couldn't sleep very good. You know, I was ready to go, but um, just kind of trying to take that nap to kind of chill you back down and then, um, you know, get over there at the same time and just getting ready and, my routine doesn't, you know, like I stretch in the mornings and stuff like that, but I don't have like a, a workout that I do like days I get on, you know, like I get a little good little stretch going. Um, and I'd get worked on, you know, cause I was a little sore. Uh, but other than that, uh, just the normal routine. So is the, are you the most sore on like your neck from getting whipped around or like in your core? Like, what does it feel like the next day? Yeah. So it just depends. Like there's definitely like, so I haven't been on um, since May 22nd. It's almost almost a month. But uh, so like I'm gonna probably be a little sore. Like there's definitely a bull riding shape. Just like there's no other shape like wrestling shape. Like I wish I could get get in wrestling shape and then go get on a bull just to see what it would feel like, you know. Um, uh, but you know that. I felt the lightest, the fittest I've ever been in my life when I was wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there's no shape like bull riding shape because, you know, like your groins and everything, like you don't have that type of pressure in other, like you can't even simulate a lot of that stuff, the, what you're doing on those bulls because you have to move your body in so, such weird positions to get to yeah. where you need to go. So have you, do you use things like battle ropes on the grip or is it not as grip? focused as you'd think no it's grip grip focus you know i got some battle ropes but a lot of it is balance you know you cannot outpower any of these bulls it doesn't matter how strong you are you're not going to be on, on 
able to outpower one of these bulls that are at the elite level. Like these bulls have a diet. They're not like your average herd bull that's out there eating to get fat. Like these bulls are, they're jacked up and they're ready to go. Man, that is so wild to think that these things are out there just to, just to get you off of them. And you guys are right mounting up and riding these things. What was the yeah. injury that took you out? What happened? Um, so it was my shoulder. So my hip was kind of bothering me earlier in the year um, in 2020 um, is when it all, when I kind of, when I had some stuff kind of happen with me, but my hip was kind of bothering me. I had a tore labrum in my hip. It wasn't super bad. I, I was doing good. Um, but my hip, so in 2020, I came into the PBR finals third, but right towards the end of the year, I got stepped on um, by a world famous bull bruiser. He stepped on me. Um, actually, he stepped on this shoulder, but I had this hand up. So when it did, it just tore every like it just tore everything. Tore my rotator cuff, um, a labrum, and some tendon, some other tendons in there. And that one was kind of like this is what we balance with. So not having like, so I tried wearing a brace. And then I just couldn't get like, I couldn't get the pitch right because I had to pitch it way more to get my weight over there. And it was just, it was a lot. Like I, I would, I was like, all right, I can't do that because I'm going to have to like really learn how to use my weight with it, with only going this high. So I didn't wear a brace through the PBR finals. It didn't really work out. Um, I got a couple bulls rode, but I was, I was pretty sore. Is that when you got 17th that year? Um, no, that was the year I got 10. 10. Okay. So you, you go in third and you drop that far just by not performing well one weekend. That's how close it is. Yeah. There's so much points at the PBR world finals. Um, you know, that's where this year, you know, this is the only PBR finals that I made something count. Normally, you know, I've always kind of come in top 20, you know, give one year I didn't, but uh, I've never really had a good PBR finals. And there's a lot of points, a lot of money up for grabs each night. The guy that wins that round of the PBR finals wins like $35,000. And I got to imagine that as a fan watching three days of that is just absolute insanity. So much fun. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially this year, you know, kind of, um, it moved from Las Vegas to Fort Worth and I felt like Fort Worth was kind of home, a good home for it. So that arena is where the Olympic trials were last year at uh, the, the little Dickies arena for wrestling. Yeah. So we were there last April at the Olympic team trials. That arena is awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really awesome that, that big screen, like how it just keeps going all the way around that. That's really cool. Yeah. My cousin, he actually, um, he had a, I don't, he wrestled um, in high school. He made he went to states a couple times. He had a Division One scholarship to wrestle somewhere up there. Wow. I think at somewhere in New York. Anyways, he he didn't do that. You know, it wasn't his deal. But he's 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 um, actually at the college finals this week, uh, riding bulls. So that's um, awesome. So how many how many layers of it can you make money and like make a living? Just the top one, or can you be like in the third tier and still making money to live off of? You know, to make money to live off of, you know, you can 
you can make money. It just kind of depends. Depends on how you want to live and stuff. But um, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made at all of them. But it just, but they all like link up to the main one. So if you can stay on the Unleash the Beast. So if you're doing good at the 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 lowest level, you're gonna get bumped up to this level. If you're doing good there, then you're gonna get bumped up. Like really, you're not really making a lot of money unless you're on the the big level you know there's a lot of other ways you know to make money um going to other associations rodeoing Mm -hmm. going to the prca rodeoing there's a lot of ways to make money in the western world two questions left one is kind of related to your world the other one's wrestling related you again just by reading these articles it it sounds like at the sixth round of this finals that you just won at like the six second mark, you almost fell off. And I did watch this video. Like you were like almost falling off, but then you pull it out. Are you thinking at that moment? Do you have any memory of when you were almost off and then you stayed on to ride it out? Cause that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so that, that round, um, that bull was called, um, I can't remember what it was called, but he got me down in, that wasn't the bull that I was supposed to have. Something happened with the bull that I was supposed to have. So I ended up having that one. Um, and, you know, he just kind of – that bull don't get ridden much because he's always – you know, there's a lot of things about bulls, but that bull was kind of – he moves away from you. Um, so he kind of got me down in the inside, and I just really – you know, I really kind of had to bear down and, you know, just hold on for that last little bit. You know, it's like – I don't know. I've been in a couple close matches, you know, where you're trying to make something happen, and you got to just – you're leaving it all out there, and that's kind of what I was doing on that last – that that six round got to suck that single in man like i you know what i mean yeah dude it looked you gotta like just that hold on to it god i mean i just it's just so nerve-wracking to watch um and then you know last question is this podcast is called wrestling changed my life how has wrestling impacted your bull riding and like your your career where you're at now would you say so wrestling really changed my life because you know the mentality was probably the biggest aspect i got from wrestling you know um because just how you got to carry yourself, like you can have one bad match in a day, but your tournament still ain't over. You still got to turn it around. It's the same way with bull riding. You know, you don't have a good one round or a good day. You still got to go to the next day and push forward. Um, and there's so much, a lot of the physical, physical would be a big thing for me. You know, like I think it really transactions over to bull riding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot with hips, a lot with core and balance, um, and just staying like the lightest you can be to still feel good is what you need to be when you're riding bulls. I was going to ask you that about the weight cutting. Cause I would imagine you can't be the slightest overweight and ride bulls. Yeah, no. So I'm kind of one of the heavier guys on tour. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I want to try to get to about 150. um, Earlier, you know, this year I kind of ended the year at 157, but I, um, I didn't wrestle my senior year in high school, but um, my junior or whatever grade that is, but I was uh, uh going again. You're good. You're good. All right, you right back. Um, but uh, it's like what you, you know, wrestle so, your junior year in high school. What weight? Uh, 140, 145. So 150 is your fighting weight, you like to say? Yeah, I want to say right there, yeah. 
Nice, man. Well, I know you're a busy guy. The, the world champ, man. It's so good to see you, a uh, former wrestler, making us all proud. And um, I can't remember who on Instagram sent me the article of you, but someone did, and I'll, I'll thank them in the intro. But someone messaged me. They're like, bro, the PBR champ's a wrestler. Get him on. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I'd love to. So thank you so much for making the time, man. It's been a real honor. Anything we missed that you want to hit on? No, I appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Well, wish you the best of luck and have a great day. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. To watch the full video component, go to YouTube and search Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by Spartan Combat. Go to SpartanCombat.com to check out their June tournament schedule. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and give us a rating. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life.